You're listening to the Roll for Crit podcast, where you can hear all about the board games, card games, tabletop games in general of today, and perhaps some from yesteryear. Another word I, I use sometimes. My name is Jonathan. I'm Will, and we've got quite a bit to go through if I look at our, our new, a lot of news, a lot of big announcements. Oh, so yeah. without further ado, Jonathan, as always, we got to roll die. Yeah. See how well. I don't know. We got that. We got the critical hit last week. That's going to be hard to beat. But That's I've right. got three dice here. I'm letting that dice rest. That you know, it worked hard. So three <laughs> new dice here. New as in not that one. Uh, I would like you to give me a number. Brand once again. new dice. They just came off the factory line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can they were smell that fresh dice smell in the in mm, the forge cinnamon. of of a, a dwarf. I, I don't I don't know. Uh, yeah. So I'm I'm going to pick a number between one and three to determine which die you'll roll for the show. Is that right? Yep. So uh, let's go with die number one. I'm feeling die number one this week. Uh, excellent choice. You've chosen the white and black six-sided die. No. Uh, you have chosen <laughs> a orange. It's like a see-through oh, like orange that. with like glitter oh, yeah. in it. Mm, Very nice. It. And no I'm, glitter. Uh, not that it might come up, but the 20s, like it, uh, the rest of the numbers are normal, but the 20s like in a big circle. So. Yeah, well, I think we can get two crits in a row. Let's do it. Oh, you, you think we can? <laughs> yeah, I think we can. Let's do it. Uh, is a six a crit? <laughs> if, if it's a d6 it is <laughs> <laughs> i should have stuck with the d6 mm, yeah well uh, that's all right i mean we got to balance it out between this show and last week we got like a 14 or something so yeah well look even if we roll poorly we're lucky enough to have a guest help us pick up the slack. wow what a segue you've given me uh that is that is in fact correct because joining our party today he is the host of the YouTube channel Side Game LLC and the the actual literal host of Game Nights uh, via his Side Game LLC service if you're in the Colorado Springs area. Welcome to the show, our friend Mackenzie Franklin. Hey, Jonathan and Will. Thank you so much for having me. Pleasure to be here on the podcast. And Jonathan's totally right. I am the owner of Side Game LLC here in Colorado Springs, Colorado. But thank you so much for having me on today. Yes. Well, it's a pleasure to have you. Very exciting. We we if anyone missed it, we collabed a while back on a on a Marvel Legendary video on our YouTube channel. Uh, so so check that out. But yes, now we now we get the chance to to have a free form discussion for roughly ninety minutes about board games. Really, really dig deep and and get to know each other. And by that, you mean more Marvel Legendary. Yeah, mostly we're probably going to talk a lot about Marvel Legendary. <laughs> I, just, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe not at all. We'll, we'll, we'll see as the episode goes on. But we'll find out first what's happening. And as we said, there's a lot in our news roundup. News roundup. That's right. Oh my Everybody... gosh, what an intro. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> you can tell how professional we are from that intro right there. You know, you know that you're dealing with the real thing here. You know, I'll take uh, that intro over like the same reused sound clip that I hear in every other channel's news segment. So I'll take it. This is super yeah. refreshing. We, we uh, recreated don't, don't listen ourselves. to the rest of the bumpers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm quickly <laughs> deleting a lot of files right now and remaking them. So, okay. First big story, really the big story of this week in the board game world, is has to do with Tasty Minstrel Games, game publisher that uh, you probably may know listening from games like Orléans, uh, which is, I just like to say it that way, it sounds fancy, uh, or smaller games like Harbor, they redid uh, Coliseum, they did Yokohama, 
they've done a whole bunch of games. There's a good chance you've seen or played something of theirs. You've got it on your shelf somewhere. And in, in even since we started the show, we have had a couple of stories detailing what sounds like some behind the scenes issues going on with them. There was an issue with them failing to uh, compensate uh, some game designers in a, in the correct amount of time. And then we also learned that uh, Orléans was uh, given off to another publisher. They sold off the rights to that title. And now we have learned via a dice tower video that tasty minstrel games is not, not exactly kaput, uh, but uh, according to them, in, in quote, virtual bankruptcy, apparently there was uh, an email that was sent around from them. I, you know, roll for crit. I guess we're not we're not in the big leagues enough yet to get the uh, the emails from Tasty Minstrel. <laughs> but other people like Dice Tower did and spread the news around uh, that uh, they th- their books are in the negative and they do not foresee that they will be making any new board games for the next two to three years. But they do hope to make new board games they are trying to kind of get their things together put everything in order and hopefully make ends meet to be able to go back to board game publishing but it's not going to happen anytime soon so Mackenzie, i'll ask you are you uh, familiar with a lot of tasty mental stuff are you a fan of them and what do you think about you know is, is this very disappointing to you how do you how does this make you feel so definitely a fan of some Tasty Mitchell games. As you mentioned, Orléans is definitely a classic, one we really enjoy. Uh, this reminds me a lot of things that are happening to a lot of publishers that used to be big names, something like this happened to North Star a little while ago. They yeah. lost, they had to sell off the rights to Quacks, and we've seen a lot of different companies kind of picking up these pieces that these other companies have left off. So I think it's really interesting that they mentioned that there's only the owner that's left. He's laid off everybody else, and that person is just trying to essentially sell off the remaining stock. And I think that is an interesting move. Uh, it doesn't seem like they're, as quoted here in the article that we're looking at here, that they'll eventually be able to start up again when a company is just in the negatives and trying to sell stuff off i don't think that's necessarily a jumping off point i think that's more of a hey i just need to cover my losses and you know try to make as much as i can before i cut it off so that's where i'm looking at coming from this uh coming from the business side um yeah that's unfortunately that's Mm -hmm. where i'm looking at it yeah i mean i think that's a pretty realistic view Uh, i should also mention that uh their recent kickstarter they had they are giving refunds to any backers of that so they aren't planning on fulfilling that one. Uh, yeah, it certainly, I mean, it, it certainly doesn't seem like good news. It's certainly, uh, it, it's, it's, it's not exactly looking great for them, but I don't know. Will, do you, do you have any, any more hope for tasty minstrel or what? Do you I, think? Uh, I mean, I'm very curious about the, any new games from the next two to three years. Like, does that mean literally making a game or making like, I, I think, I don't think they're producing anything. I, yeah. I don't like, yeah, not like new, not old, nothing. I just, maybe it's possible. I mean, I haven't run a board game company, but it does seem like this is more of just, we're getting rid of what we had. And hopefully, you know, I know like a very big one that we have not played Yokohama. Uh, maybe someone else will pick that up. If they can, I don't know. Sometimes things like that get weird, especially with copyright rules. I imagine that it's going to go the way that they've done with Orléans. They might sell it to Capstone Games. That might be the the route that they go since they've already had that existing partnership. So we'll see what Tasty Minstrel does. The the thing I'm worried about is I don't think this is like... I mean, you brought up North Star Games, but they were able to, I think, at least right now, they're still going. 
but I, I think we should expect to see maybe a couple other game, like especially smaller ones, maybe have uh, other big issues. Just everything right now. Like board games sold a lot, but everything to make them has like increased like five times in price. Absolutely. Shipping them, yeah. you know, factories. And of course, then if Kickstarters get longer, then people get angry. I, I, I guess I'm a bit more pessimistic about this. I feel like it, this is a, a canary not a uh, not the uh, not a, a one-off. Yeah, it's very possible, as you said. Things are getting tough, and there's certainly no shortage of competition. And it's also even I mean, even before all the shipping and manufacturing price hikes lately, it, it's never been easy to really make a good profit off a board game. Like very few people really were able to make their living that way compared to other uh, mediums, other industries. Now, it's interesting to me. I haven't seen anywhere that went into any detail about exactly what led to this, like presumably poor sales, but I don't know if anyone has cited like, did the pandemic play a big role in this or was, is it something to do with mismanagement or Kickstarter's not working out? You know, well, I, any, any speculation or I was going to say, cause I was curious cause I'm like, Oh man, maybe I should try to get, first of all, could not find Yokohama anywhere. Hmm. Um, like to pick out, like I should probably try to find things, and I just went to Board and Geek and searched, listed their their top rating, and all their top ratings are at least like six. I feel like four to six years old. Like I don't see anything new. I think that was part of the issue. I don't think they had a strong hit. Hmm. Like any of their strong hits were or seem to be down a bit at least. You know, um, that could be. I think one of the big problems they didn't have their. Gloomhaven or <laughs> something like Arkham, which, you know, is just Prince money. <laughs> yeah, I would think that some of their titles are pretty evergreen, though, but I guess for whatever reason, they just weren't doing what they needed them to do. Uh, what do you think, Mackenzie? Any this might be the same route that I believe it was Asmodee, correct? That just completely stopped publishing all of the like classic Reiner Knizia games because yes, they are evergreen, but people just aren't buying them. And that's the issue. Mm -hmm. So I think Tasty Minstrel is probably in that same area where their games, yes, they're good. They're highly rated, but people just aren't picking them up because they aren't the new hotness. They aren't the things that are moving off the shelves right now. And unfortunately, when your whole company is those games, that's an issue, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think you you're both right. It's like it's uh they, they do tend to make more, you know, euro style games with a lot of a lot of them have like fantasy themes and things like that or or more uh, you know, very traditional kind of like medieval or what have you type of euro themes and maybe they just didn't really have anything that's flashy enough in like the current market or people want the you know, they want the big crazy box with the campaign and the minis and the <laughs> the apps or whatever. Hey, hey, we're not in the Kickstarter section yet. <laughs> right. Yeah, that'll that'll all come. Which I mean, I'd like to think those games can still survive and exist. And I think I think a lot of them do thrive, but maybe oh, they just no, did, needed something else. In fact, like I think right now I just want to quickly probably if you're listening to this, go to Borg and Geek and just look at their games. Cause this is the time to maybe try to pick some of these up. Obviously, Yokohama has been hard to get, but if you can find it definitely pick it up uh personally i would definitely suggest i want to suggest out there the emma domain really clever deck builder as well as uh, i think cthulhu realms i think they both mm -hmm. do something really interesting for deck builders i'm a big fan of scoville if you if you got someone who likes spicy food definitely a good pickup uh, uh you got any suggestions uh either of mm -hmm. you to, uh, of games that people should try to grab before before they disappear 
Yeah, what, Mackenzie, favorite favorite TMG games? My favorite TMG is definitely Orleans, but the thing that I right. really want to try that I think is a probably a, like a you know some big hits are Gates of Loyang, great Uwe Rosenberg mm-hmm. game, influenced a lot of his uh, games that have a lot of card play now, and then also Oracle of Delphi, a very interesting, different Stefan Feld game. So I'm surprised. Once again, really big name designers, but it's in that same spot where it's like, hey, these are some really popular, well-rated games but people just aren't picking them up. Ah, I'd say if I were to try too, those would be ones that I'd pick up. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always have fond memories of Harbor, which is a much smaller game that they, that we had for that, a long that, time. That is a fun one too. I just, I can only list so many games. Jonathan. <laughs> you know, you just yeah. The yeah. Catalog. Harbor is kind of, it's like a, a little quick worker placement. It's kind of like Lahav, but miniaturized. Uh, and a bit more tongue in cheek. Goofy art. Yeah. Different fantasy theme to it. Uh, but yeah, try to pick them up now if if you can. Uh, I guess you don't have to worry about early on because that'll be coming from Capstone New Edition. But who knows about the rest for of them. some of these? Yeah, I, I have a feeling the really good ones. Uh, most games, I think Tom Vassell has like a famous quote about like if a game is really good, eventually it'll be reprinted. And I'd like to think that's true. <laughs> so uh, we'll have to stay uh, tuned. These definitely have, I think, a better chance compared to. Uh, I won't name any names, but like companies that make heavy, big miniature ones because those are just so expensive to print. Right. Most of these are relatively straightforward, I think. Yeah. And yeah, I don't, I, like you said, I don't know. It's not looking great. We'll see if in a few years they're able to pull anything together. But I guess if it's, you know, if currently they just have uh, the one employee, so to speak, that if he manages to get stuff in order and he decides, well, I'm just going to maybe start from scratch in a few years, maybe, you know, if he's still got the rights to that logo, it could come back in some form or another. Um, but with Kickstarter, anything's possible these days. <laughs> uh, but like you said, we're not in Kickstarter yet. So that's the story about Tasty Minstrel. Uh, now, next up, we don't usually on this podcast cover too many game announcements just because there's a bunch unless unless it's something really big or that's particularly interesting to either one of us. But this past week, just the news was just new game announcements everywhere I looked. <laughs> there were so many. Uh, and there's a there's a bunch here that we can talk about. We can get to all of them. But I think rather than just like listing them all and describing them for people, You'll I'll th- sing it. Yeah, I'll sing it to everybody. <laughs> no, I will instead throw it to you, Mackenzie, to start. Is, is there maybe one or two particular from from this list we've got here that you're really excited about or you think is interesting. Yes. So the first thing that I want to talk about is the wingspan nesting box. So Stonemeyer Games mm. has this thing where, you know, when they design expansions, they make sure I, I don't know. I think I read this somewhere that they don't even consider you combining boxes. It's not an idea for them because they're <laughs> going to sell you a giant box in the future where then you can combine everything. So right now, Wingspan does not necessarily fit gracefully into a single box. So this will solve that problem. Now, the cool thing about this is they are asking for feedback and opinions on the white box design just so to kind of like look at what the storage provides. And right now, a lot of people aren't really happy with the storage that it's giving so it also it kind of is shaped kind of funkily uh it doesn't really allow you to use the cool containers that come with the box itself and the other thing is the the way it's kind of stored um 
Um, looking at a picture here. Uh, yes, mm-hmm. the player pieces and the resource components are not necessarily in the best spots. So it's it's really interesting. This is like the second iteration that they've shown of this uh, package. And I'm curious to see what, like, what they're going to do to continue this. Because right now it looks like there is some weird space, some things that people aren't totally agreeing with. I'm curious to see. Any thoughts on this design for this box? Well, I know, I mean, one, one of the other things I know people were not thrilled about is that in the blog post, he mentions that this may not necessarily hold every expansion. Like they're, they basically built in a little asterisk, like we might make more also. So even though there's a lot of room in the box, you might end up needing to buy another one, <laughs> uh, which is, I'm, is hopefully I think just, uh, they just put that there just in case, but it is a little bit like, I guess I don't know, depending on the, for some types of games, like when you have something that is continually expanding, I understand if eventually you outgrow the box, but for something like Wingspan, I feel like you could, you can like wait until it's finished. I don't know that you need to rush the box out. I mean, it's a very popular game, so I'm sure this will, this will sell, but, but Will, you actually have the expansions in Wingspan, so. I do, and I also have the Scythe big box, which does hold everything. Oh, yeah. And... I'm torn because I would I would love this. And I, speaking of big boxes running out, Scythe was done, as far as I know, unless they plan to do something. Like, it it's it holds everything. I'm happy. Uh, the uh, Cerberus, or actually just DC deck-building game box, the multiverse box, is has all the cards in there and more. Like, I cannot fit more in there, and I have an expansion in another box, which is a little annoying, but it's only cards. The problem with Wingspan um, which I think, which I, I do agree with. It's a little bit more annoying and rather wait. It's not just, oh, I'll buy another box that holds more cards. You know, it's got the trays and stuff and the, the dice tower. So if I bought another box just to hold more cards, I assume maybe the expansions might add more tokens, but really it's cards. Mm-hmm. It feels much more like a waste. Hmm. So that would be my issue. I, I would rather them wait to do at least I assume they're going to do every continent area. Like we've seen, was it both Americas or just North America? (laughs) I I don't know. You know, there is a absolute finish. So, you know, you know, the game will be done once they've like put every single genus and species (laughs) of bird on a card. Right. So we could wait for that until we have every single bird. Yeah. (laughs) Until there's a scientist somewhere. I found another one. (laughs) I mean, I assume they're not going to do every bird ever, but like I, I could guess that we're, we'd be, close to finish maybe outside of some promos or maybe smaller things like when they did each continent expansion yeah and that's safe yeah that's safe. i feel like no one's i mean well no we're always gonna whine there's always someone who's <laughs> angry but i think we'd be fine if we waited for the next two or three that are left also but i just don't this. know so there's supposed to be two or three more expansions for Wingspan. How big are these decks going to be? I mean, it's just unwieldy at that well, point. Well, I, like, I think I said it in our Australian one, Jonathan. I wouldn't mix them. I would oh, say right. like we're you using like base. This one and this or this yes. one this time. Yeah, I guess that's fine. I, I don't know. Wingspan to me just is a game that I never really felt like, oh, I need to get the more birds. <laughs> like it, it, it feels like a game that for me is pretty, feels complete even by itself. The European one I really liked a lot and probably would mix in a lot of those most of the time. Um, uh, I would u- That's why I would use these more of like, okay, is there some weird fun mechanic we can do that doesn't push it too much? Like the Nectar was interesting. I know you and I 
it didn't jive as much for us, Jonathan. But maybe they come up with something else that would be better. So that's I'm how sure I like they to think could, it is. But you know, yeah, these right, expansions. But people also want representation of their area. These expansions remind me a lot of like Race for the Galaxy expansions, where you're going to find the ones that you really enjoy, and those are going to be the ones you play with most of the time. And you're also going to be able mm. to pick and choose the cards that you want. And luckily, in this box, it looks like they have dividers built in to where you could potentially store specific expansion content that you don't necessarily want to play with. Ask about that if people prefer built-in or loose ones. Mm -hmm. So I would, I'm definitely loose just in case you never know, you know, sleeve, double sleeve could change the spacing. So playing, yeah. always playing it safe. Yeah. But well, I, I mean, I would like a box of entry for it. Right. It's the kind of game. If I guess if people don't like the layout and everything, there's always broken token and all those. I'm sure they have a, they'll come up with. Yeah. I, I will say I'm actually pretty happy with how um, mine's sorted. I like, I use the European box as well. And it's not too bad. Yeah. Well, we'll see if they come up with the final design. Uh, uh, lo lots of, again, lots of, we haven't even got to the actual games yet. So any, <laughs> what else? I hope it comes with the cats. <laughs> oh yeah. I think it should come with those cats in that picture. I think those might be Jamie's Stegmeier. So <laughs> I don't know if he's giving them away. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. <laughs> consider um, any uh, shout out a game. Anyone who, anything well, else jumping out? Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll take the obvious one for me. And that's the G.I. Joe is. deck building game. Oh, well, I, uh, obvious because of deck building. But are you a G.I. Joe fan? Well, no, the obvious eh, not like I don't dislike. It's just like the thing is, the reason why I'm curious about it is they announced the Transformers one before. So this is this is a G.I. Joe deck building game from uh, Renegade Game Studios. Yes. And they've had the Power Rangers one out, which I, I, I had the chance to play digitally with them. I have it and I have a chance to play in person. But the thing I'm curious about is both the Transformers and this one don't sound like the Power Rangers one. Like, it seems like they did the Power Rangers one. The way that one works is it's it's not, it, I almost want to call it two-player. It's that one where it's either you're two players or you're on a team, head-to-head. -head, when these sound like just, you can play as all the, the, the Transformers or Joes. So as they're, they're not doing like a, a Marvel or DC thing where all of these are compatible with one system. They're... I don't know. That's the thing that I think Transformers in this might be. It is all made by the same designer, right? TC Petty. He's the one who's kind of leading. Okay. I was just about to look that up. Games. <laughs> yeah, but like I said, the, the, what I'm curious about is because I know the Power Rangers one is, at least the description, and I've seen it, is very, it's a head-to-head -head when these just sound like. Well, Julia Joe says it's fully cooperative. Right. So, they sound yeah. more like your classic deck building. It's interesting. It's interesting. I mean. Uh, is there, I, I mean, I, I have no interest in this whatsoever. <laughs> just, I just, I was, I did not watch GI Joe as a kid. I have, it's not, it doesn't appeal to me at all, but uh, Mackenzie, what about you? Appeal to you? I also have no real interest in this. I mean, deck builders are pretty much a dime a dozen. So generally most of the time you're playing for the theme or for something revolutionary and new. So I, right. it's not really selling me. I've heard really good things about the power Rangers one, but, I haven't even touched it because I'm not a big Power Rangers fan, but we'll see if there's a calling for it. If it really is that good, we'll see it, I guess, be super popularized. I'm just yeah. more curious along the lines of, is this going to be like legendary sort of, and the Cryptozoic where we can expect to see, I can now mix Joes with 
whatever other properties they get along the way. I hope it's with. not, honestly. I'm kind of tired of that. <laughs> I think it Let's would just... be cool to get potentially the cooperative play that this offers in a competitive game like that's offered in the other deck builders from the same designer. That would be interesting for mm-hmm. multiple modes, but I also see where you're coming from, Jonathan. Keep the universes separate. We don't need to have everything combined. No hockey yes. versus Batman. <laughs> <laughs> I think what happens is when you, the risk you run there is that if you're using one system for everything, I mean, we've talked about this with legendary too, the re, you know, the way like we love um, legendary encounters, alien kind of feels like it was built around alien and some of the other encounters games feel like eh, this, it, it works. They did a good job, but it's not the same way where when you have a specific theme in mind from the beginning, you can really m- meld it to that idea. Uh, but I don't know. Well, who cares? Let's let's let Optimus Prime fight GI Joe and <laughs> uh, the Red Ranger. I mean, they've already done it like five times, so it's sure. not that far off. Sure, why not? Uh, how about there's a couple of uh, interesting uh, expansions slash. I guess they're actually both standalone sequels or spinoffs here uh, for Horrified and Cryptid. Uh, so the, the hor- Horrified is Horrified American Monsters. This is the uh, co-op game from Ravensburger, which was a big hit kind of a pandemic like ish game, but with the original one had like the universal type of monsters, Frankenstein. I didn't even realize when I thought about it, I was like American monsters, which monsters aren't American. <laughs> oh, I guess uh Frankenstein's like British, uh, <laughs> um, Dracula. European, well, it's interesting because they're definitely <laughs> the original horrified while it's tech. They're not technically from America. They're all based on the American Universal Monster movies. Right, the versions of them we had. But this one is like, it's got Bigfoot, the Jersey Devil, Chupacabra. So This I, sounds incredible. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and oh, I just think it's such a cool theme. I love that the different characters are like explorers that are kind of looking for these cryptids. They're cryptozoologists. I think that's so awesome. Oh, so cool. So cool. I think this is a great idea. Yeah, I mean, it's... It looks it looks fun, and everybody everybody loves that game. I don't know how different it's going to be. I assume obviously the monsters will have their own you know rule sets and all things like that. I saw one of the rule sets for Bigfoot, and I think it's so funny. Your whole thing is you're just trying to take pictures of him to prove he's real, and he just runs <laughs> away from you the whole time. I think that's amazing. <laughs> okay, I love that. <laughs> I'm sold. And uh, and then there's the Cryptid Urban Legends. So the original Cryptid is a deduction game that we're actually. We'll talk about uh, later on the show. We got to play a little bit recently, and uh, this sounds like it's more of a spinoff than a sequel. Uh, it's a strictly two-player version of the game, uh, where one of you is the cryptid and the other one is trying to seek them out. Uh, so, so the Bigfoot rules. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I guess it's kind of <laughs> like that, <laughs> built into a whole game by itself uh, from the same designers as Cryptid, which we really liked uh, which of these two are more interesting to you will i like both of them, them both? um but i'm leaning more towards cryptid just because how much i love the original the original cryptid i mean i enjoyed the time i did play uh, the horror game but i only played it once so i haven't played it nearly as much as i've put into uh, cryptid so i'm excited for both and the other nice thing about at least i don't know about cryptid but i know uh, the horrified the original one is pretty easy to get your hands on. So I assume this will also be something you could probably find with, without too much issue. Yeah. Yeah. Always good. One of the, one of them mass market games. Uh, let's see. I mean, we got to talk about Dune betrayal, which I think is interesting 
not for the least reason because uh, I, I guess whoever Universal that has the Dune license right now just decided. I think it's legendary. Uh, legendary. It might. Is it not? Yeah, I don't know. I can't keep track of which company owns which anymore. <laughs> but like, they they apparently decided to just throw the license to Dune at every board game developer there is. Like every every publisher has a Dune game right now, and Dune Betrayal is a new one that is from the designer of the resistance Uh, so it's a it's a social deduction game using the dune characters and it does appear to be the likenesses from the upcoming movie although all these dune games look like they're using original art none of them have been the photos the easy way out uh which which is nice i mean i'm i'm a huge fan of the resistance uh and i also like dune so I'm certainly interested in this, but part of me also thinks that it's just going to be if it's just the resistance with a dune skin. I don't know that I really need it. Uh, so just but. looking at the images of it, it looks like it's a card driven social deduction game out of everything. It has that round tracker that something like resistance has and potentially missions that you're succeeding or failing but it looks like you're actually going to be playing cards to activate effects which i think is cool i think that's a new interesting Mm. way to do things i think that'll help you kind of determine who's a good guy or a bad guy so i like that i think that's cool i almost think it's a tug of war instead of just a simple first to three or two you know depending on player count Uh, yeah i see what you're saying there's like Mm -hmm. a lot more um so it, it, I'm sure it's something, Jonathan. I mean, it's Gale Force Nine. They're they're ones you usually you feel a bit safe with uh, in terms of their games. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I like them, and like I said, I mean, I'm sure I will like it because I love I love social deduction games of this of this ilk. And yeah, I do uh, think the having more card play that sounds like something that could separate it from just the pure "you're bad." No, you're bad. <laughs> you know, I'm also perfectly fine with the shotgun approach they're taking with Dune because what if you are someone who enjoys more social deduction and role games? Well, here you go. What if you want the deck builder? Well, we'll pick up that one, man. All I know yeah. is I hope that you this know. movie is real good so that these games get <laughs> oh, played yeah. and talked about even more. Cause that is definitely, great. I think the most important thing that is definitely the most important. Can you imagine God, the please. movie just oh, is no. terrible. <laughs> these, all these games are just, no, I, I've I have pretty high faith that that movie is going to be yeah rock excellent. solid cast. It just the music is great. Oh, it, the newest trailer dropped like last week and it looks wonderful. Oh, yeah, I have I have no doubt. I have all the confidence yeah. in the world. Uh, but and, and I'm always I'm always them... worried. But God, do <laughs> do I want to be happy? Like I, mean, I the, want it to be the director. Just... Um, God, what's his name? He did Sicario and Arrival. He hasn't had a miss yet. Like all of his movies are fantastic. Denis Villeneuve, oh, yeah. that's who it is. Well, no, look, I, the, everything's in there. That like <laughs> it's signs a point. Yes, but you know there. You know there's always the that one producer or executive who can. No, you, don't know, no. you didn't realize till it's I too truly, late. I would bet a billion dollars this is going to be. <laughs> everyone's oh, I'm not willing to bet against year. that. I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm still hedging my bets here. Or are you the trader? No. Yeah, I'm too not, risky of a true. bet. He's got to be. <laughs> uh, so one anyway, really yeah, quick we'll, thing on this, though. Oh, yeah. When you saw this game, did you think that it was a betrayal at House on the Hill retheming <laughs> of Dune? Because that's what I thought. Because they just did a retheme of Detective with the Dune theme. So I was like, oh, my gosh, another betrayal game. It's going to be like the yeah, Scooby-Doo well, one, but with Dune. It also has uh, this, at least this article mentions from the creator, from the designer of Avalon. And, of course, betrayal 
published by Avalon Hill. So <laughs> you could definitely yeah. see this out of the corner of your eye. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that comes next. But you know, they they seem to be picking like strong companies and designers, which is nice yeah. to see. I mean, Whoever it, is in charge of this, I guess, knows something about board games. <laughs> well, I think there's they probably know that like the Dune series, very popular you know, classic book series that I think those tend to be nerds. I think like there's a good crossover. Yes. <laughs> crossover with the board game. So they're like, we could, we should probably go into board games, but let's not just go to Hasbro. There's actually good board games now. Right. I'm really curious because this movie has been in development for a long time. So obviously these games have also been in development for a long time. So do you think the producers as well as the board game designers were like, okay, which game sells a lot of money? Oh, the original Dune was out of print for years and it was so much money. Oh man, if we, you know, if we really pushed well, into the board game space mm-hmm. with Dune, is that the way? I actually bet because that was a while ago mm-hmm. when they did the reprint of Dune. They probably saw that during their production, saw it being a hit and like, oh, Dune is still big in board games. And that yeah. might be, and with the delay, because of everything that's going on, they're probably like, this push the board games too, you know. And I'm sure the company's like, yeah. okay, we give them more time. <laughs> yeah. And with the ever increasing amount of money that the board game industry is making, it seems like a very positive venue. Yeah. Maybe this just won't be weird anymore going forward. You know, maybe it will be like <laughs> how we used to get a video game for every movie released, <laughs> that there will be one of these. Uh, it's, it just seemed like certain franchises have like really keyed into it lately. Uh, it's interesting to see that that development. I mean, speaking of franchises that we got to at least touch on also the Spectre board game, the James Bond themed board game that Modifius is doing, but you don't play as James Bond. You play as all of his different villains and you're competing with each other to be the most villainous villain and have the most evil traps and plans for world domination. (laughs) And uh, it, it sounds like I assume 007 will be like running around the board somewhere messing with everyone's plans maybe you can try to throw them at your opponents or something we don't really know much about this uh they didn't give us too many details there's not even there's like a little picture of the back of the box with some a board with some stuff on it (laughs) i can't really make much out uh but i i don't know what do we think about modifius james bond villain board game does that sound fun to people anybody mackenzie Oh man, me first. All right. So this one <laughs> it looks fine. I mean, the art doesn't like bring me out. This looks like a pandemic board, like before you start stickering it in like one of the legacy versions. <laughs> so competitive, two to four. There's not much to know about this. If you're a fan of the 007 IP, check it out. Uh, for me, it's not one that I'm super gravitated towards. And honestly, this game is not really showing anything crazy to like really want me to jump into it right away. Yeah, if you look at this board, if you just showed me that in a vacuum, nothing about this says James Bond. There's a poker chip with 007 on it. Okay, there you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you got to look for that poker chip. But I, yeah, I don't, I, which I guess is not necessarily. I don't know. Maybe it is a bad thing. I mean, if you're selling your game based on this license, I I think maybe it's just hard to make a James Bond board game uh, because usually, you know, kind of like Batman, there's only one 
you just want to play as the one guy. <laughs> There's not like a, I mean, I don't know. Don't, we don't need to get into the weeds on the Batman analogy because <laughs> I, I already could feel the pushback <laughs> for myself. So you're totally right though. The James Bond is actually a character in this game. So he, the poker chip is actually James Bond and you roll some 007 dice and he'll jump around the board and interact with the characters. Well, he's not even a it, mini. He's a poker he's chip. He's a poker chip. <laughs> it reminds me a little bit of um, the Bioshock game where you didn't right. get to actually play as a, uh, Booker was that his name? <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, you know, he'd just be a guy who hopped around. You played as the quote unquote villains from the series. And um, I'll admit, I have not watched nearly as many 007 games. And I almost would like, like this game could be fine. But I'm like, I, maybe I want to spend the time actually seeing those old movies. <laughs> to actually know who some of these people are. Assuming they go throughout the entire series and not just the last three films. Yeah, I mean, there are some very iconic villains uh, in the James Bond world, so there's there's something there. Like, I think there's something you could do with it, but I guess maybe it's for me. It's just the fact that we don't really have a awesome James Bond game. It feels weird to like jump immediately to playing as the villains when you don't Uh, have anything filling that that that. Well, I think what's probably closest is Agents of Smirsh. Like you actually get that spy feeling, right? I mean, there's the James Bond legendary card game, but which I think does a decent <laughs> I, I, job of it, but it's not. Yeah, I've, I've said my problems about that. <laughs> so the thing that is giving me hope about this game, though, is the design team behind it. So Antoine Baza is part of the design team, oh, okay. which is very interesting. But it looks like there's like eight people working on this game. Oh my gosh! This, but Antoine <laughs> Baza is like their head uh, headliner, I would say. Yeah, yeah, that's that's always very exciting. Uh, and then uh, I won't spend too much time on this, but I I do think we should also just shout out this new game called Boon Lake, which is from Alexander Fister, uh, designer of stuff like Great Western Trail, and we were talking recently about uh, Mombasa. And uh, th- this is a brand new one that's it's nice to see. We can talk about at least one game. Is this is this the only one here? Not. That's not either based on a license or a sequel to an existing game. <laughs> yeah, this is this is an actual all new original game that we can get excited about. Uh, are, are are we fans, Mackenzie? I am of, a huge uh, Fister Alexander Fister fan. Maracaibo right. is like in my top five of all time, I think, and Great Western Trail is up there too. I also like a lot of his little games, and this game looks really fun. It looks very different. Uh, they announced it, didn't they? Announce it like today. They announced they announced the expansion Pretty recent. for yes. Maracaibo <laughs> and Boon Lake. Uh, today, so I was actually looking at the pre-order, but the shipping on it's pretty high. If I go through the Capstone Games website, but it seems really interesting. I really like the idea of it's it's got the novel action mechanism, but they don't give you any information on what that is. Ah, but it's about <laughs> raising cattle, and so it's kind of like the. I would say like a zoomed in version on what you're doing in Great Western Trail, where instead of uh, taking them, you know, from route to route, you're kind of focusing on just the farm life. So I think that's kind of neat. I'm excited. Yeah, we have we missed our shot. We have yet to have the chance to play Great Western Trail. We're waiting now around for the whenever the next new edition comes out with the new box art. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I heard I, nothing I, but great things about it. Yeah, and I tried to get a game of uh, Mario Kaibo, and I remember uh, last convention, every t- I'd walk by their table every like 15 minutes and be like, oh, no, they're filled. Oh, no, it's filled. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, no. That was, it was the new hotness at that time, right? That was... Yeah, so it, it was it, it was hard to get a chance to, to demo and try out. Yeah, so Boone Lake is that one. And then 
Uh, does anyone have thoughts on a Rome Total War board game? I, I have no experience with this series, but there was also a Rome Total War game announced. Did, did anyone? Anyone? What, on what's this the original? Game? Is it a video, video game? game? Yeah. Yes. PC mm, PC game. Don't have much to say here. All right. Yep. <laughs> I didn't either. Just thought I'd check with everyone else if they did. But uh, yeah, it's one of those like classic PC strategy games. So uh, they're going to make a board game for it. It'll be on Kickstarter, I believe. So uh, we will see how that goes. But so that was our mountain of new announcements. Uh, it, I mean, it, it sounds like I guess I kind of asked if there's one game you could take home right now, you could play it. For, for me, I guess it would be I guess it would be hmm, I guess cryptid. I guess cryptid. I'd, I'd, I'd have to go that. with Boone Lake for sure. Yeah, you got to go with that one. <laughs> I'm going to go with the wingspan. Bo- no, uh, <laughs> that would be the saddest of them all. You're both opening up your games. Thinking, I just open up an empty box. Like, <laughs> yay. No, uh, I think I'd have to agree with you, Jonathan, on cryptid. Yeah, I think Boone Lake is the correct choice. <laughs> but, I would but, not. Both of those would probably be the ones I'd be the like. The, that would be the tie, but. I, I am a, just a fan of cryptid creatures in general and the cryptid original game. So I'm very excited to see what they do there. I like that. How right. cryptid it's two player only, right? So it makes it so cryptid is now like a two to five player game. So that's kind of cool where before it was three to five. So I think that's right. Neat. Yeah. Yeah. That's always, it's always good to cover those player count bases. Uh, well, those games have various release dates, uh, most of them over the course of the rest of the year will be either be retail or at least on Kickstarter. Uh, but speaking of Kickstarter, let's look even further into the future. Let's talk about some stuff over in the uh, Kickstarter Pickstarter. Oh, this one looks uh, nice. It's nice. It's nice. What about this one? Kickstarter Pickstarter. All right. So similar to uh, our mountain of new announcements, there were a ton of big Kickstarter projects uh, from the past week or and, and, and beyond. But we'll start with you, Mackenzie. Was there anything... Anything that could be a recent project or just something that you've got that you've backed or excited about backing a pick that you want to highlight for the listeners? Well, I got to be straightforward and, you know, go with the one that I'm actually backing right now that just recently launched Architects of the West Kingdom, Works of Wonder. This is my favorite in that trilogy for sure. And Works of Wonder comes with that big box. So, you know, satisfy your big box needs, Will, as well as uh, (laughs) (laughs) introducing some new expansion content and a revised solo mode. So I like this idea. I like the idea of building wonders and who doesn't like a collector's box? So it seems very straightforward in what it's offering. Uh, the only really bonus here from backing it is you are going to get it early, um, but necessarily not the greatest value deal. Um, yeah, so this one is very much like if you want to support this company and you want it a little bit early, go for it. But I love how it's a very stress-free um, situation where they're, if it's an yeah. option for you. I was going to say, yeah, some people are like, oh, there's no Kickstarter exclusives. In my head, I'm like, yeah, there's not. they're not trying they're not making you feel guilty they're like look we made a good game which people already know it's not this is not like out of the blue here Mm -hmm. you can get it early there's probably a little bit discount and stuff just try it if you want i will say though and i might get you a little angry (laughs) architects is the one we have not played whoa Oh, I have it, though. You got to get Mark I have Kaibo, it. and you got to get Architects player. <laughs> I have Architects. We're good on All that, right. at least. I, it's on the shelf. I just need to get the time. I was legitimately going to ask you, did we play this one? Because <laughs> I can't remember which which subtitle It's the first which. one. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. that was the one we missed yeah, before. Yeah. So I got it when we got Paladins. 
but we rushed Paladins to talk about and play because it was the newest thing. Yeah, and we yeah. just never had the chance to do the architecture. We have a lot for all the games we play. We have so many blind spots, especially when it comes to truly a lot of these uh, heavier Euro games. We're not as good. About it's it. totally a thing. And it's not a big deal. You cannot play everything. So the fact that you're able to play all the, <laughs> don't new say stuff, that around dice tower. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah, they might be listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, it's tough. <laughs> it's tough. There's a lot of there's a lot of real guilt in the board game world in this front. But I'm very glad that you highlighted this because it is it is a big deal, and uh, I love the look of it, and I'm excited about that one. And uh, as you said, the the value may be better if you just want to wait for retail, and I'm sure it'll be discounted at some point. But right now, uh, around twenty seven dollars US for just this uh, new expansion on Kickstarter. And that's Works of Wonder for mm-hmm. Architects of the West Kingdom. Now, Will, what did you decide to pick this week? Uh, the, I have still multiple tabs open <laughs> a lot, but the give, one I'm going your with. one, your favorite. It's Earthborn Rangers. Mm. All right. This is a, it can be either played in solo Uh, like standalone missions or but it's a campaign cooperative card game in this world that that pretty much they had to come up with a way to fix the world from global warming and other natural disasters which have worked but it's sort of transformed the earth into a whole new thing with new creatures that were designed at the time to help and now have a a whole new thing strange structures Uh, if i had to picture something in mind at least what i saw i saw horizon zero dawn certainly a similar uh color scheme (laughs) in the thumbnail yeah well i think literally the world is the same idea it's the the world has grown it's not your fallout everything's dark and gloomy and miserable yeah it's a hopeful place and i really like that and the story is going through because you are exploring this world you're flipping over cards that have all these different interactions that'll have things like there's another predator. The predators will attack each other. If you draw the symbol card or if there's prey, they're going to go for it. And it's just the, it's the kind of game, you know, I love Jonathan where it's, it's like, you're just, you're actually just walking around exploring. You're not thinking, all right, I need to, what's my win con. You're there for the story, which there isn't one. If I understand correctly, you, because uh, I also yeah, I guess story. Way. When I say story, I mean the world. I guess. No, no, no. I mean there's no uh, there's no win condition. It's th- there's no like win or lose. It's just like this happened. Now, the yeah. Next from thing what happened. I can tell, that's what it is. It's all just you finding out this play. It's like more like playing a D and D campaign or something, right? right. And it it just it's like the, it's one of those things. That are just like I'm just like, yep, yeah. This is exactly what I want, <laughs> and it's not it's not going to make me feel bad or miserable. It's it's hopeful. And it looks so cool and colorful, and it's all cards. It's not like 200 minis. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to discuss with this one. I, I think we get, we have to say this is from uh, the some of the team are people who previously worked at Fantasy Flight designing games like the Arkham Horror card game and Marvel uh, Yeah, Champions. I was going to say, if you like the Arkham Horror card game but don't want to feel like you're going to die anyways... <laughs> you might want to check this one out. Uh, but it seems, you know, it has um, deck building in it. When you, you build your deck at the beginning, I don't know if they've said anything about future expansions, but it seems like this is an LCG style game. I'm not I sure mean, how they have the a other... thing called legacy of the ancestors campaign expansion. So I can only assume. Yeah. I guess I'm, I'm wondering if it's going to, are they planning, are they going to try to do like 
I mean, there are new companies, so it might be pretty ambitious for them to try to do monthly releases. Are they just going to do bigger boxes? I don't know. I think bigger boxes also because I think a lot of LCG, even like Fancy Flight, we saw, we talked about with Arkham. Even they're like, mm, we don't need to do a small monthly pack. Yeah, it could be. It would be interesting to see. But yeah, there's a lot of cool – everything you said, I, I, I really like how some of the cards have very specific – interactions like the, there's they have an example of this uh deer like creature and when a certain symbol is triggered uh something will happen if the symbol appears on a card so it's like if there's a predator then the the predator will fight against this prey animal uh or there's another thing if this symbol comes up if if there's a young version of this deer thing then you take an injury because it's like it was protecting its young. Right. <laughs> and, it really is like a whole you're book. in the world. There's a whole book too with like passages to read from, you know. This yeah. is really interesting to me. I have a couple things to add on this one. So oh, no, please. first thing is there's the, it's the LCG model, right? But it offers as one of the add-ons is you can get an additional set of the player cards. So I think that's really cool. So that it will increase your deck building options if you're playing more than solo. Another cool thing on this one is just the amount of, you know, remembering that the game does. Very similar to something like Robinson Crusoe. If you do something, you know, the effects of that card may show up later. And I think that's really neat. And then the last thing is there's this huge environmental piece where everything is going to be tried to be made, you know, as substantially as possible and produced extremely efficiently. So I think that's really cool. Like they're using natural rubbers for the play mats. They're trying to condense the uh, manufacturing process as much as possible. So sustainably producing this game is like one of their big forefronts and it's something that's available to do via Kickstarter. And I think this is a really cool project. Like, you know, I was on the fence on this one. I think you might have convinced me to back this one. Like just looking at it some more. Ah, come on, guys. Look, I, I've, said, I've said it before. Well, I think we still we haven't made a bumper for this. every episode. <laughs> yes, your, your wallets are in danger when listening to us. I mean, I do. Th I think there is a really good chance this this game is going to be that hot one everyone's going to be talking about when it comes out. Yep, totally agree. And like you said, it is just begging for more expansions if it's a hit. So we can only hope, right? Fingers crossed. Yeah. The only and my only downside of this one is the price. The price? <laughs> yes, uh, the core set starts at eighty dollars, so that is quite a bit. Uh, with all in going to 150. It's because right. of that sustainably produced piece. So it's kind of a double-edged sword, right? It's something that we want to do, but also, you know, it, it definitely shows. If you be energy efficient, you're going to have to eat some of that cost. I do think... At least now. Yes. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I, I do think that if you're listening to this, like if there's, if there's one Kickstarter project you're going to back this month, I think this probably should be it. Earthborn Rangers. I think it's... It looks it looks really great, and it's got it's got the proven team behind it. It's got the track record. It's already made a bunch of money. It seems like it's going to be successful and continue on in the future. Uh, but that is not my pick. <laughs> that was Will's pick. My pick, of course, it has to be Avatar Legends, the role playing game. So from Magpie Games, the same team that also did uh, a bunch of other RPGs, including the one based on the board game Root. Uh, which is pretty cool. This is their role-playing game based on Avatar The Last Airbender. And every aspect of that universe, including uh, The Legend of Korra. In fact, as when you play, there are five, six, five different eras that you can choose to play in. 
So a span of like hundreds of years, and depending on where you are, civilization will have developed differently. And if anyone doesn't know, of course, Last Airbender, uh, this was a Nickelodeon animated show about people who can control the elements in cool ways. So, of course, in this game, you can play as one of those people, a bender, and you can have a different fire, power, water, whatever it is. Or you could play as a regular person. You could be like a martial artist or you could be uh, like uh, someone who's really good with technology, depending on which era you're playing in. And it uses the the, uh, the uh, powered by the apocalypse system for anyone who knows that from from RPGs. I, I, I like a lot of things about this. I like that your stats, your character stats are creativity, focus, harmony and passion, which are feel I feel very different from your usual, you know, strength, intelligence. I'm sure they tie into those things in their own ways, but I like that they're going for something different. And you also have a balance meter. Each of your characters has a balance between two aspects of your character. And if you go doing certain things in the world will move you on this track to one side or the other. And at the extreme, you'll be really good at one of these aspects, but really bad at the other. And if you go too far with that extreme, it could have story consequences for your character. So like a lot of the things in the show, the philosophies and ideas, you, you want to find harmony within yourself, which is a really cool, fun idea. I mean, this this is like this is the dream game. I think. Yes. Well, for I you mean, and me, Will, we have literally we have wanted this for since we watched Avatar. Right. Yeah, we we love this world. We love the stories, and I think that's part of the reason why we were also so hurt about the live action movie, which I hope is not one of the timelines you can play in. <laughs> well, technically, it's the timeline from the show, so you could pretend. Yeah, you know. but those rules are different, and <laughs> I, you got to point out how great even like the pledge levels. They're named after all the great the creatures and stuff. You got your like, oh yeah, polar yeah. bear dog and the otter <laughs> penguin. I really wish one that was just bear. <laughs> <laughs> Stretch goal, maybe. We'll see if they get enough people. Yeah, uh, Mackenzie, are you you an Avatar? I'm a person? huge Avatar fan. Uh, the only yeah. thing that's actually keeping me away from this one is the fact it's an RPG. Now I know you two love RPGs and really enjoy it, but I have not found an RPG yet that I have enjoyed playing. So it's maybe this is the one. Maybe this is the one that'll get me to enjoy my time role playing. Maybe I've had terrible dungeon masters. Maybe it's just oh, <laughs> yeah, but like. That's like, no, I love the concept of the RPG. The problem is it comes with a lot of hurdles. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, it really does. You need, I mean, John did a whole, just released a whole video talking about this, but like the people at the table, you know, scheduling, do you do it online? Do you meet in person? Do you, can people do theater of the mind or do you need actual little pieces and therefore you have to make a whole dungeon or something? (laughs) There are a lot more hurdles you don't realize. It's not just by the book. (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah but maybe like you said a good theme can go a long way so uh perhaps this could be the thing that that gets you into it my my main concern my biggest worry actually with this one is the fact that like i said they have those five different eras which i feel like if in most role-playing games a different time period that could be an entire source book to itself and i'm worried that i almost wish they just said this is Aang's era. And then like when it's successful, the next book is legend of Korra. Just, I'm, I'm afraid that there's going to be a lot of More, heavy lifting on the DMS part to like fill in some of these background details. Cause I mean, don't know if they like, can pay attention to all of it. You once. mean more like how like Dun- Dungeon dragon, you know, like here's your core book, but then we have the book based in, then you have like, yeah, forgotten water deep or something. Or, yeah. Water deep, whatever the different 
setting. Yeah, I, I think that would it could have been a pretty nice thing too because that like I don't know about the where is the other arrows? Hold on, let me just I have it here. <laughs> it's I know Kiyoshi's, they Roku and the Hundred Year War. Are they the really before. are just jumping into all of the Avatar content. Right. Huh? Like yeah. this is like, but like extended universe, everything. Holy cow. Yeah. I do feel I think what it would have been more in I mean I feel like we probably could have condensed Kyoshi and Roku or something. I think what would have been maybe a, a more interesting one would be between uh, uh, Ong. Wow, I even I just Ang and Korra. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> Ong and Katara or whatever. Like, yeah, <laughs> like uh, like adult Ang because we saw flashbacks of his oh, lifetime. Sure. But I, don't, I feel like that's definitely one that could be explored in much more interesting it areas. It seems to me like based on what I'm reading here, they tried hard to make make it so all your stories could be considered canon and there's like no overlap with, with what happens in the shows. Um, and I also don't see anything about like playing as the characters themselves. I'm sure you could make that happen, but it doesn't sound like this comes with an Aang if you just want to be Aang. I wouldn't be surprised if it came with like some pre-generated, here's an airbender. Though, yeah, they do still- have they do have stuff like that, I believe. Yeah, um, they, there is a quick start on here that you can test out. So um, we will take a look at that. But anyway, I'm very excited for it. I want to be an airbender. I want to do all that stuff. Is that is that what you'd be? What what band? If you let's just stick with the four bending elements. Yeah, who? What, nothing else. What's better? Yeah. It's the best. You get to fly. <laughs> what else? It's the force, basically. I guess I just I'm not arguing with you. RPG. I just think, I is know. that what you think you would be? Yeah. Oh, if I if I actually had those powers? Yes. No, I'd, be, I'd be selling cabbages. I don't know. All right. <laughs> so uh, $20, $20 for the PDF of this, $50 if you want the core book, uh, but that also comes with all the PDFs. And I, just quickly, I, I also want to mention this game called Aridia, The Paths We Dare, to, we dare Tread. <laughs> Uh, from far off games which is another big campaign game that it's like a a co-op fantasy game where you're moving around and cards that make up the maps with with um, a lot of different pre-painted minis that come with the game and this is they they proudly advertise from the team that created Zaya Legends of Adrift which I know is really big and I really you know God knows I don't need another fantasy campaign board game in my life but there are some very cool looking things in this game. There looks like there's a lot of depth. I like what I like the way they ha- do the maps where it's on cards laid out as opposed to tiles. It looks like very um a little more conservative on space, which I appreciate, as well as literal treasure boxes, treasure chests that you can actually get loot in. You open them up <laughs> and I'm find so, loot for them. I'm so sorry because I was looking for this. I'm like, oh, I missed this. And I went and I found it. And right as you said, like it's not it looks nice or more conservative on space. I just scroll down and just see like a full table full of components. <laughs> well, sure. I think they're just like, showing them all off, but right. But, but you just, see what I mean funny. with the map, how, how mm-hmm. it, it really takes up relatively little table space. Oh, yeah. uh, I mean, it, it, I just wanted to mention this one cause I do oh, think yeah. it looks awesome, I, but mm-hmm. I want to do a, a too quick much. shout out to, to uh, the Almanac <laughs> oh, Christic right. peaks just cause it's sort of a new standalone. I want, really want to, I'm excited to play out. I have a dragon road to play with you, Jonathan, but mostly just shout because I haven't played that yet, so I can't say like, oh, the first one was really good. Oh, yeah. So this but is the, the Crystal Peaks, the expansion to Almanac from Colossal Games. Yeah. Now, while we're doing little tiny shout outs, I want to mention Lands it. of Galzir by Snowdale. So this one here is kind of basically, it's on GameFound. Uh, this one here ah. is a 
it's kind of like Sleeping Gods, where it's kind of an open world exploration game. But this one is app driven as opposed to, you know, totally card driven and storybook. Uh, but the app is basically a storybook with narration. Um, this one is a little bit different from Sleeping Gods, though, where you're going to be playing this game forever. It just doesn't have an ending, essentially. You just play and you're done with it uh, and then this one whereas in sleeping gods you have that like structured um, 18 three rounds with 18 turns each round so there is a set ending in sleeping gods so i'm interested to see you know what kind of innovations have been done to this mechanism that is that was introduced via sleeping gods because that one was real good so i'm curious if this one will you know be able to follow suit yeah, the art looks really cool, and and yet again, we are suckers for the any kind of open story game. <laughs> That's very exciting to me. Uh, should I? Can I mention one more? Or is that too far? <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> All right, just real quick. There's also this game called Cartouche, which I like the look of. It's from uh, Bluebeard Entertainment. They've done a few fun smaller card games, and this is a t- Egyptian themed tile laying game. Uh, where you uh, draft different shapes of tiles. Do you have your own personal board? And depending on how you position them uh, and where you put them, you can score different types of points for them. That doesn't sound very exciting because it sounds like a lot of different games, but <laughs> there are some mechanisms in it that I think are unique and uh, it looks cute and I like that company. So I just also mentioned Cartouche. <laughs> All right. And there's there's more, but I think we we can call it. Um, Hold on, I got one more thing. No. (laughs) (laughs) Well, get out of Kickstarter. I don't, this week really was nuts. I don't know what was happening, but there was a lot to talk about. Uh, We will now talk about games we've been playing ourselves in Table Talk. I don't know, Mike. Table Talk. Table Talk. Table Talk. I love these so much. Oh my gosh. I could just listen to these all day. I'm so glad to hear you say that. Uh, and I could just listen to you all day, which is why I'm going to turn to you first, Mackenzie. I'll do anything for a segue. Uh, oh, my gosh. <laughs> what, please inform us. What are some of these games that you have been playing and uh, what has your experience been with them? All right. So if you guys didn't know, and any of the people listening, we have just gone through a huge move over at Side Games. So we've just moved into the new place. Every game has just been unloaded. Like we finished two days ago, yesterday, something like that. But man, everything is out now. So in the meantime, games have been kind of sparse. And so with that being said, though, I was able to play a couple of games and we had a big game night bash, you know, once everything got unloaded. So two games right. that were played, um, want to introduce here. First one is Clever Cubed. So I'm a big fan of the Ganshan Clever series. And this one is the third in the trilogy. And I think that this is the best expansion for it so far. The best uh, standalone sequel, I should say. Um, had, I really like the Ganshan's Clever system where you are having to make decisions on whether to take low power dice essentially in order to get more options in the future or if you take better power dice you know you have less options so I really like that and then the mini game mechanic of just like getting bonus after bonus after bonus feels so good and the <laughs> first iteration of the game is very straightforward in what it does you get the bonuses you tick things off it's pretty straightforward however the second one offered a lot of choices but a lot of the times you were waiting for like specific combos specific numbers to show up it was all about time mean and you know there was a lot more luck i feel like in the second one the third one however clever cubed 
I think it is the better version of like what the second one was trying to do. Doppelit's so clever. And this uh, Clever Cubed introduces a new bonus ability where you're allowed to set the face of dice. And I think that is so cool because you can <laughs> make sure that those really powerful plays happen and it's your decision when that happens. So love the choice, love the agency that you have in this game. And it's not just luck. This is, so far, I'm having a great time with it. This is Clever Cubed. Yeah, uh, so it sounds like you, is this maybe your favorite of the bunch? I still think like I might prefer the first one. I definitely am playing this one a lot more just because it's new and it's one that I'm trying to, you know, I really suck at it. I have maybe like my high score is like two stars out of five. I'm garbage (laughs) at this one, but I've I've done really well (laughs) at the first one. So this is one that I'm playing a lot and I am enjoying it a lot, but I really like the simplicity of the first one and just how good it is. So we'll see. We'll see where they end up after a little while. And you've been doing mostly solo, it sounds like, or have you ever played it all with other people? So uh, this one, I don't play with other people. I think that this one is best at two or solo. And my main person I play two-player games with is my wife, and she does not really play competitive games with me. Um, it's you know it's kind of straining on a marriage if you're constantly playing competitive <laughs> games. So we figured that out about four years ago. So we've, we've only play cooperative games with each other normally. So this is one that I have not played with multiple. So I guess we'll, we'll see. Maybe Maybe the competitive version is a little bit different, but I really like the solo puzzle that it provides. Yeah, I think it's these types of games often really work well that way. I think I know there's a really good uh, uh, just gone strong clever. The original is it an app or maybe just a free website? I think you can play it on. Yeah, the app is really popular. I see a lot of people just getting into the genre just because of that app. Yeah, so it's interesting how they have done this like. Yeah, like like this is a it's a they make these different sequels to it as opposed to doing expansions or something like that. It's it's interesting how different games seem to fit those those molds, but I guess it's working for them. And uh, what else? What else you've been playing? Me again? All right. Yeah, so we're just gonna keep it going with you. All, all right, you. <laughs> all right. So the other game that I played, and this was kind of a surprise to me, it is a game called Genotype. So in my other job, I am a teacher. So I work as an English as a second language teacher, but I'm also qualified in teaching science. And Genotype takes the idea of Punnett squares, which were used in Mendel's original research on genetics, and these are basically these two by two squares where you going to be putting basically pairs of letters and these letters correspond to genes so uh, you know biology lesson aside this game actually takes this idea and turns it into a game mechanic i think that is so cool the game itself is very simple straightforward contract fulfillment you are basically going to be plugging and uh, plugging in these uh, different types of genes and using them to craft these perfect pea plants. So the length of the plant, the color of the flower, the shape of the seed, you have all these different things that you're looking at. But the fact that the players are going to be manipulating the potential offspring, I think is so fascinating because the you have like a preparation round where you're going to be taking actions using these little workers. And then as you play, you're going to be able to manipulate these dice that are going to show up at the end of the round. Everybody will roll dice based on the 
I guess the feature that they're rolling for, whether it be the the peep shape or the uh, flower, and then you'll roll them, and then based on how that Punnett square is set up, it's going to give different results. So there could be a point where, uh, yes, everybody is rolling all these dice, but you could really you know mitigate your probability so much that you could even just eliminate an entire color of flower, and I think that is so cool. So I really thought this one was interesting, and I thought it was fantastic that it used the Punnett square as a game mechanic. I think it did it brilliantly. So really awesome. Gina type. Uh, I, I, I love this. <laughs> that sounds uh, great. I, I believe it was past guest of the show, Jason Perez, who also, when he was on kind of uh, opened my eyes to this, because there's a bunch of these games. He talked about uh, the game cellulose, which was on Kickstarter recently. I believe if that's what I'm thinking of, or did you, or do you follow there's, there's like several of these from the same design team that all have different scientific themes to them. Yes. I've seen many of them. And honestly, I've been a little wary from them. Uh, the big, you know, the consensus on these games is generally they're not, they're not the best games. They're okay games, but they have really cool themes and they're the science in them works well. This one, however, I would say is a good game and the science works well. So I'm impressed. This makes me want to jump into those other games and give them a try because before I was a little apprehensive. Yeah, that's that's good to hear. Yeah, I mean, I kind of re- I remember for some reason from like, I guess it's middle school probably or maybe even uh, like fourth or fifth grade uh, uh, where you, you you deal with the Punnett squares in, mm-hmm. in science class. And I, I, I think I always kind of enjoyed it. I, it's almost like a little logic puzzle that I have fun with. That's it's why I like Picross as well. You know, <laughs> I like, I like when there's a grid and I can figure out how to fill it in. Yep. And I think that'll tickle a lot of board gamers buttons where they'll see a grid and be like, Ooh, I can, I can do something with this. And the fact that it relates directly to probability is so neat. And there's even like actions where like, you know, mutations that can naturally occur. And I think that's really cool. So there are ways to even mitigate dice uh, to get specific um, gene pairings that you might not normally be able to get. So I think it's really cool. I think it's definitely one worth checking out. All right. So check out Clever Cubed and Genotype, uh, which has a subtitle, of course, a Mendelian genetics game. <laughs> uh, if, you, if you're having trouble finding it. Uh, now, Will and I played a few things together. But Will, what do you want to start talking about? Uh, I'm going to start with the one that I also did a solo game version of, and wow. that's Between Two Castles of Mad King Ludwig. That's or right. Ludwig? Uh, I guess technically it'd be Ludwig, but... Ludwig. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I'm not going <laughs> to correct you. <laughs> if, you uh, if you don't know anything about this game, it's the idea behind it is you have been uh, instructed to build castles for this Mad King. And the way he's having you doing it is he's building multiple castles, and he wants... Two people to work on one uh, one castle. So you will be building castles, but not in front of you, but to your left and right. There'll be castles between each player. So when you're drafting rooms for your castle, you're going to pretty much be talking to the players on your left and right, being like, okay, uh, I I drafted this bed this bedroom. I think we should put it here. And like they're like, oh, well, I got this. This will help score that. So it's this really weird cooperative, but it's still competitive because at the end, you look at your two castles, and whichever one is the lowest scoring is what your score is. So if my if my two castles, I have one that was 60 and one that was 50, my score is going to be 50. And if I share that 50 with Jonathan, but his other castle was 40, he has a score of 40, so technically I would win if no one else beat 50. So it becomes this really weird thing of like, oh, this castle's scoring really well, but my other one's not doing well. 
So I'm going to give the better tile over there, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you have to keep a balance between the two. You can't just be like, I'm all in on this castle. <laughs> and I also, for both, when we talk about uh, played in the solo, I use the expansion. In fact, I don't, yeah, I think the solo modes only come in the expansion. The uh, secrets and I'm blanking Soirees. On yeah, thank you. <laughs> it's French. <laughs> uh, which adds what, the solo rules. There's two different solo rules. And there's also some new, it adds another player because you always got to need more. And the secret rooms, which. It adds, uh, it allows you to use another player. It doesn't, there's not a guy in the box who comes out and. No, it gives you someone you. to come to game night oh, it and does. have. If okay. you're, it's really nice. Is it well, one of those cats from it. before? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. That's only for the limited edition. I couldn't afford that. Oh, well. But how does the solo uh, mode work exactly? Do you have, do you still have two mode, castles? Yes, because you have two bots. Like, uh, I forget their names, but they were left and right in German. All right. Don't the ask me. Players. <laughs> <laughs> I was seeing if you would know that. You seem pretty good at answering all my other. Nope. I did uh, take German in college, but I don't remember left or right. <laughs> and the way it works, instead of having a, you're passing a hand around, you have the one hand. You're going to signal one castle that you're like, or not one castle, one tile. Be like, this is the tile I think we should go for left when it's left's turn, for example. Then you, he has an uh, uh, the automa. I always forget. Uh -huh. the, I always mispronounce yeah, yeah, yeah. The, what they call it. Uh, the deck, and I'll see like, he wants the card that has the most of in their collection. Like, they just sort them by type. They don't actually build their castles. Okay, okay. Uh, so, and if that's the one he wants, he'll take that. So he'll take maybe take that tile and then you have another one he'll take instead or maybe least of. So you have to like choose which ones you want the most of while playing with the two and then building the one that's you have. And then in the end, you just it's you try to see if you beat their score. It sounds very of the, of the, much like the other Stonemaier Automa games. <laughs> it is. It's not. It's not in a, a little, bad way. Just that's, yeah. No. Well, I know sometimes like, especially the Automa's can be a little confusing like it feels more like you're controlling them than actually playing the game but once you play like two or three rounds just to know how it works i would just say reset and then you're good to go what's nice is they do come up with a card that literally tells you like so you know like start with this person then this person then this person you should have this many tiles left mm -hmm. so you can you can sort of just double check make sure you're doing that right and i did win oh, congrats. Uh, so, so to speak um you won in our in our game of multiplayer game too <laughs> i did that one was really <laughs> what was funny about that one was one castle i got i got every one of the corridor tiles plus a secret room tile which clones pretty much uh wherever it's pointing of like one point for every torch room around it so one castle just it was like torches for days <laughs> it's just the most well-lit castle <laughs> yeah and the other one had like 18 bedrooms I remember. Yeah, no one picked them. So <laughs> they just ended up in that castle. Uh, it was very interesting because we have played the Between Two Castles digitally before. And this was my first time playing it physically. And seeing it in person, I realized, oh, these... I didn't realize how tiny the tiles are in this game for the different rooms. <laughs> like, you have to really get in there with, like, a magnifying glass and squint to make sure you can read all the different abilities. Which I understand why they did that because 
when you have so many players building castles, you got to save space somehow. But I kind of wish there was like an XL version of that game. <laughs> I they think just did if, an XL for like the regular castles of Mad King Ludwig. Yeah. Oh, they did? Oh, was that a Kickstarter thing? I like think so. Edition? Like yeah, edition. I think so. So maybe, yeah, who yeah. knows? Yeah, I, I they, they should. They should do it. Uh, well, then you can have the honor of shuffling all those tiles. <laughs> no, actually, well, if you made them bigger but cards, that would probably work out. Well, I say, you know what I say, just put them in a bag and shuffle and just oh, draw that's one. That's a good idea. Just bring a big there are bag. A lot, you need a very big bag. <laughs> I'll, I'll bring bag. a backpack. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, but between but it was a fun it was fun game. I still I have a lot of fun playing that game. Uh, I enjoy the original uh, Mad King Ludwig as well, and they're both they're all good. I I do like this one a lot because I, I I'd enjoy drafting, and this is a, a very interesting twist on it. And yeah, we did four when we played. I would like to try that out maybe like two more just to see how it goes. And I will say I, I did like my one stupid torch castle was I think an outlier, but all the rest of our castle was like, they're within four points of each other. Yeah. We all did pretty well. We all did pretty well. It does. Another thing about that game it takes a long time to count up your points. <laughs> well, yeah, that is the real game. <laughs> yeah. It's like I fantasy mean, realm style where the scoring is longer than the game. <laughs> honestly yeah i mean i I think we really did spend probably half the game time just counting up our scores <laughs> at least a round's worth oh my gosh. yeah uh it was a little nuts but we also we did we did a dramatic we did it each one at one at a time so if we like gave each of us a piece of paper to do it that would probably go a lot faster but uh but that was between two castles hopefully we'll probably be reviewing that expansion on our channel soon but like like i said before we also played a little bit of uh cryptid which mm-hmm. which is a uh, uh, we like it. <laughs> uh, we ch- yeah, I really like this game a lot because it's just this fun puzzle game, and more more or less. But because of the way that everyone each has a clue that they don't want to share, it it's a weird like also social deduction of trying about like why is he putting the piece there? Well, it's it's purely deduction, right? There is no social right. It. But I mean, just <laughs> I guess like you have to you're reading the players a bit more. Yeah, well, you're reading, puzzle, you're reading what they do, but there's no, like, you're not lying, you're not, I guess you are, you can put cubes to try to throw people off of your clue, I guess that's true, mm, but. Yeah, I think um, this one's really cool, where, like, the more you learn, and the more you play it, the more you can give clues that might, like, lead people down other routes, and might make other mm-hmm. guesses, I think that's really fascinating. Uh, I will say, though, be wary about playing this, maybe when everyone is tired. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you gotta be two thinking. people especially in the advanced mode there are most of the clues are like this is within two spaces of this or something like that but the advanced might be like this will not be on a water tile right two people misread clues. their clue <laughs> oh no and did the reverse so part way through the game like oh wait these should be yeses and those no yeah so yeah unfortunately it was didn't break the game we corrected yeah it was more of just funny moments just (laughs) but it was a yeah you do want to be careful with that i mean for people listening who haven't played cryptid basically it's there's one hex you have to find where the cryptid lives and you're slowly narrowing it down by asking each other can it be here yes or no and everyone just knows one thing so i might know oh it's on this type of terrain and someone else might know, oh, it's near this type of structure on the map. 
Now, speaking, and there can only be one place. Speaking to what you were talking about, Will, with uh, p- people potentially ruining the game, I like how there's like a built-in and you know mechanism that if somebody does mess up, hey, that's an easy fix. You just put one of your discs there, and I think that's really cool. I like when games really, have those. Yeah. Like Sagrada has that too, where if you suddenly find that there's a die that doesn't belong and is like breaking your pattern, you just remove the die, and that's like your penalty, which I think is really cool. I think that's I think it's a really neat concept to have easily fixable mistakes. Yeah, like I think one person, like his starting knows where yes is, but we're just like, it, it, we still have the same information. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's obvious that it, like no one was doing it out of malice or something. <laughs> right. Um, but I, I want to point out, by the play. way, for anyone who wants to uh, try it out, we did actually post the picture of the board to our Instagram right before it was solved. Right. So you can see if you can find where the cryptid is hiding. Yeah, I, theoretically, it is you. That's all the information you need. You could figure it out. Yeah, you don't need to know. I guess it helps if you would know one of the four clues, <laughs> but but I don't think you technically need it. Maybe you do. I don't know. Actually, that might be impossible. Um. Anyway, good luck. It's a challenge for you. But yeah, a really good game. And again, it's another one of those the logic puzzle thing that I really I really like that that feeling, even though it's. Uh, a lot of times I have no idea what's going on <laughs> when we're playing. Uh, there's something about it that I still enjoy. And even though it's it's an interesting game that you think it's going to be very thematic looking at it, but it's just, it's really purely abstract. There's no... And I love oh, that yeah, the there's pieces are even like it. triangles and you know, some <laughs> yeah, oblong right. cylinder. You're like, oh my gosh, what is this yeah, game? If you didn't use the word cryptid or tell them the name of the game, be like, here's the game. You try to guess this, the right hex. No one would say like, oh, it's a game about monsters. <laughs> right, yeah. I don't know who came up with that or at what stage of the process, but... But it works. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it works. Uh, so... We also played a couple of button shy wallet games that I, I recently received. These are some older ones, uh, but they did a big reprint of them. So we'll talk about those. One of them is Tussie Mussy, which was a big one because this is from Elizabeth Hargrave of Wingspan fame coming up again. And this is a game. So if anyone doesn't know these button shy wallet games, uh, they are made by a company called Button Shy and they're called wallet games because they fit in just a little pouch that's like the size of a wallet. And they usually are just 18 cards, but uh, they often release expansions, so that can be increased a little bit, not too much. But they're very uh, compact card games with a set of restrictions in the design. And this one is all about collecting flowers. And there's a deck of flowers of different colors, and they all score in different ways. So they might want you to be near different colors, or they might just give you a flat two points, for example. And on your turn, you draw two of these cards. You offer them to your opponent, or sorry, just the player to your left. They're all your opponents. And uh, one of them is face up and one is face down. And kind of like a Princess Bride sort of thing, they have to choose, do they take the face down one or the face up one? And you have to decide, oh, do I do I show them the one that's really good for them uh, and hope they take it because I want the one that's face down? Or do I bluff and put the one I like face down and hope they don't want that or something, you know, there's different ways you can approach it. And you just go around each player offering two cards until uh, you've pretty much run out the deck and then you score in different ways. Uh, This was a, this was a really cute one. And, you know, we haven't played a ton of these wallet games, but I, 
I think I feel pretty confident in saying this is probably my favorite one that I've played. I think with such a limited amount of cards, it really does a good job getting a lot of game out of very little. Wow, that's very high praise. There are a lot of really good wallet games from the Button Shy line. Interesting. Yeah. Have, which of the yeah, others I've have you not, played? I, I will say we haven't played that many of them. <laughs> yeah, I was going <laughs> to be, be like, I, 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 but I've played, um, uh, let's see, uh, Agropolis slash Sprawlopolis, which I know is a pretty popular one. Um, we, we also tried handsome, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Uh, and what's some of the other ones we've, we've did like, remember that movie plots <laughs> one. That's like a goofier improv style one. I've got Vaguely. a few, I've got a few others that are, I haven't had the chance to try yet, but I know we're also big like antimony mm-hmm. and, uh, I think liberation is what one of them is called. But yeah. What about you? Will? what'd you think about Tessie Mussey? Uh, it's it's interesting because like I sort of knew like after you play around like I sort of know what cards are because you even though you take a few out there aren't a lot right but it didn't feel it feels like a little bit like I okay I I've seen everything but I still didn't think it was too bad especially it was just a lot of fun to be like all right here's what I have to offer you <laughs> just sliding it across the table yeah I mean I th- yeah. I'll even I'll go as far as to say like I think that's why a lot of these games, including this one, are good and interesting is knowing the deck is what makes it interesting. You you can you can start to think in your head a lot more about, okay, if he's got that card, I know this one other card is out there. Is it one of the face down ones? Or maybe it hasn't come up yet. Should I Yeah, I I I know it's it's one of those things like, with, like my love head, letter like, or you know, right? I know. I just for some reason I remember <laughs> being like it, like, I don't want to say I, it made me dislike because I still had a lot of fun playing it. I would definitely play it a lot and play it more. I just remember that I was like, okay, I've seen it all. I, I, and I didn't get that in Love Letter. I don't know why. I don't know. It just, that's just first game, but it's still a lot of fun. And just you, some of those times where you know, like, I'm going to put this and hopefully, yeah, he'll pick the face down because I know, uh, I'll take the face up. And you're just like, <laughs> right. <laughs> you can never predict. Uh, Mackenzie, it sounds like you have had experience with some of these wallet games. Do you, do you have any like favorites? Or, so my or, favorite or? out of all their designs has to be Circle the Wagons. I think it's just such a clean design. It's a really interesting uh, drafting game where you're picking from like a card row. And when you take a card, you, it's, it's a circle. It's a literal circle. And so you can take as far along the circle as you'd like, but every card you skip, you give to your opponent. So it's really interesting. You're just giving your opponent like massive value uh, out of their turns right because really you're only getting one card in your turn so if you're skipping stuff you're just giving them so much so it's like constant evaluation of like hmm how will this be good and how will this satisfy the scoring condition so i really like that one but button shy is really interesting um this is actually part of our frank con that we do where we try to attempt whatever their uh, button shy challenges for that that month we'll try to do the 18 card challenge have you ever seen any of those like the the public posts no, I have not. They're really interesting. So Buttonshy will post and say, hey, here's the challenge. Uh, the last one they did was actually an RPG board game. And that was one that we tried. And we did not like our design after we finished. So we scrapped the whole thing. Oh, man. <laughs> it was not something we were proud to submit. So it ten- ended up being more board game than RPG. Um, and I think that's maybe that's just, yeah, but it's really cool. They'll offer lots of these challenges that you will design. I think another one they did was, you know, worker placement game using 18 cards. So it's, it's interesting. So I'm curious to know what you think. Would you be able to design something like this, an 18 card game? 
I would love Probably to try. Not. <laughs> <laughs> I I love it as a concept. I mean, I, I just think I, I think a lot of times, get, you know, putting limitations on anything in terms of something artistic is what makes it great. Oh yeah, and I mean, I, I I just love the idea. I think it's so fascinating to see what what can you do with just eighteen cards, and there's a lot. It turns out. I mean, not even just uh, like mechanic wise too. I feel like part of the problems with a lot of Kickstarters right now is just. There's a glut. Like, did oh, we really yeah. need 20 expansions? 500 scenarios. This game will never end. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I like lim- I like limits. I always, I always say George Lucas 1977 versus George Lucas in 1999. <laughs> there's a reason. There's a couple of reasons, but there's some in particular. That there's it's a true. Difference. He always says it in really weird times, too. Just uh-huh. out of the blue. Right. Um, so, so that's, I I really want to try circle the wagons, uh, that, that sounds fun. Uh, The other one that we tried out is this word game called handsome and it's called handsome because it's got this, the suits on the cards are literally suits of different types. So there's like bow ties, necklaces, and bolos, and there are different, (laughs) there are different letters and there will be five letters on the table face up. And then each player has two letters in their hand that some of that could change depending on number of players, but everyone is trying to make a word based on the letters on the table and the letters in their hand. The table letters are public. The ones in your hand only you can use. And you also, they're all consonants, vowels. You can just throw in as much as you want. And you'll get a point if you have the most, if you have the longest word and you'll also get a point for having more of each suit. So if you used more letters with the bow tie suit than any other player, you get a point for that. And that's pretty much it. You just keep going through rounds, making words until uh, points are earned by enough players. And I really love word games. And once again, I think this one does a great job at, you know, condensing a lot into a little. I think the fact that vowels are free, so you don't need cards for them, really does a lot to to free up uh, how much, how many components you might need. And it, it reminded me a little bit of the deck building game Paperback which we like only I feel like this is the super condensed. It's like just purely the part where you're deciding what word to make in your, in your hand. And uh, that part can be a lot of fun. So, so, so I liked this one, even though um, I, I, I struggled a little bit and I didn't win. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you say you're not, you say you love war games, not good. At them. I just feel like somehow this one was just bad luck. I feel like usually you do so much better. Let me, let me tell you, cause I actually thought about this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Uh, the word games, I I think at least, I'm not saying I'm like terrible at uh, the, the other kind, but the word games that I'm good at are the ones where it has to do with the meaning of the word. So anything like code names, just one stuff where it's about like, what does this word mean or what are words related to it? Uh, where it, when it so when you're it gets more to a in game, like word association. Yes. Yeah, I think that's that's a good way to put okay. it versus like a scrabble or a boggle where it's just like find the patterns in the letters where to me it almost that gets into more of just its pattern recognition. It's almost like more like math than it is like like English in my brain. It's the only reason I'm decent at those games. I'm like, all right. What's my maximum points I can get? Right, <laughs> right. Where, yeah, as opposed to like, what's an interesting word? And even that I didn't do great with. But, but anyway, but, oh, I, but yes, but, it was yeah. And this is the former, this game, but I still liked it. 
or the ladder, I should say. So often you just hear everyone on the table like, God, if only there was an R. And then <laughs> right. when the, someone else is like, I had the R. And <laughs> right. you all just look at them like, why didn't you put that in the center, you monster? I wanted that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that could be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's so quick. It's just a fun – if you like word games, it's, it's, a, it's a really nice one to be able to throw out easily. Definitely yeah, seems I mean, once more again, portable than paperback, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, you cut out there for a second, Mackenzie. Say that again. Oh, sorry about that. Definitely uh, seems more us? portable. Oh. oh, can you hear me okay? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, okay. now you're back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're right. good. No, yeah. I, I was going to say, like, I, I mean, if, if it wasn't obvious, one of the things that makes all these bunch is just amazing, the fact that, yeah, they're like the, not even the size of a wallet. You know, you just, you can take them anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they, they they aren't they they pack a punch. Good stuff. Much bigger than their components would make you think. <laughs> so that's handsome, and I'm excited to always always try more button shies. Um, I I kind of slept on them for a little while, and I think that's part of the problem. So that's why I'm trying to like catch back up right now. I backed some of these lately, and yeah, my problem was just like, oh, Jonathan's getting them, so I'll just wait until he he plays them or brings them. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but we're making up for lost time now. So that's all the stuff that we've been playing lately. We're going to close the show out with another of my world-famous one of these. Board game game. I messed it up because usually I introduce it as part of the sentence, but it's a singular soundbite, so I couldn't say one of my world-famous board game game. I, I screwed it all up, and I'm sorry you had to be witness to it. But we are going to play a board game game this week. And... The board game game I've devised is based on the classic game we all know and love, Password. So speaking of word games, we're going to play a little bit of a word game ourselves right now. Uh-oh. But this is the this is the board game edition of Password. I'm calling it Password Board Game Edition. Brilliant. Great. We're all, we all we're all satisfied with that. So Password of course, the way it's going to work now, there's normally you'd have teams of people. The way we're going to do it is I am going to uh, begin with one of you and give you a one word clue uh, to try to get you to guess a specific word or phrase and one. and then <laughs> we'll figure it out. And then that person will get the chance to guess what they think it is. If they do not get it, then the other person will get a new clue and they will get to guess and we'll go back and forth until someone is able to uh, determine what it is. Now, all of the phrases that I have chosen they could be words or phrases are things from the board game geek glossary. So these are either uh, like, for instance, um, types of mechanisms, genres of board games, not the games themselves, but things that have to do with tabletop games in general. Oh man, you're testing our board game jargon. Oh my gosh. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Jargon's a good word. Can I work that in somehow? Jargon password. Uh, We'll figure it out. Um, So, Uh, that's how it's going to work, but I'm going to, since you're our guest, Mackenzie, I'll let you decide, do you want to go first for the first round or second? Because depending on, you know, the first clue, you get a chance to guess, but after that, you have more information. So you'll have to see how you want to metagame this. Let's go first. Let's just jump into it. All right. Here we go. Mackenzie, your first, uh, and also I I have the words planned out, but I don't know necessarily... uh, what my clues are going to be. So a little bit of this is on the fly, but your first clue and all of them will be one word from me. Your first clue is small. Micro. 
Micro game? It is not micro game. It's not micro game. All right, Will, you can keep that uh-huh. clue in mind. <laughs> Your clue is. Do I keep guessing on this one? You, you will. You will. If it, if he does not get it, it will go back to you. Okay. Yes. So was that your question? Yes. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> All right. So here's the, here's the clue for, for Will and Will's chance to guess. Person. <laughs> Person. Uh, is it Meeple? Yes, it is Meeple. So there's where you can see going second could be an advantage, but these were these will get more complicated as they go. That was a little. I bit feel of like these one. clues are rigged, man. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll get you on the board yet. Uh, well, will you? I'll give you. We'll just let you decide each time. Your, your next round. Do you want to start or go second? I'll, I'll start this time. Okay. All right. All right, here we go. Like I said, these are getting more complicated. I, <laughs> I'm not sure how. Okay, let's. Okay, how about this? Um, your clue is long. Um, uh, five for heavy five heavyweight. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't think that's in the board game geek class, right? But I see where you're coming from. Uh, no, that is that is not it. Oh okay, my so gosh, this is so difficult. Okay, so all right, I'm gonna try to gonna try to come up with another one. Okay, so that was long. Okay, Mackenzie, your clue is your clue is um, hesitation. Analysis paralysis. You got it. Yo. Analysis paralysis. Nice. <laughs> I, think, I think my second clue was a lot better. <laughs> Long. <laughs> you know, should we just alternate back and forth as the? I think so. Through? For fairness yes. sakes, yeah. Yes. And for the sake of not having to ask that question of you every single time, <laughs> every round. All right. So beginning with you uh, this time, Mackenzie. Uh, all right. Your, your clue now for a brand new term from the board game world is let's see. And of course these won't, whatever my clue is, you can assume is not part of the phrase itself. I'm going to say to you, Ooh, this is really hard. Actually. <laughs> this is see, now this is more of a challenge for me, maybe than you guys. I thought you were good at word association. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm really blowing it. I really, I let you all down. No, 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 no. I've got something for this. I'm going to say, no, that's, that's not going to help you. That's going to throw you off. <laughs> I'm going to say choice. Huh? I'll go action. All right. It was not action. Okay. 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 Will, your clue Good luck, Will. is going, your clue is. Many. Uh, choose your own adventure. Nope. Nope. Ch- probably wouldn't be. I probably wouldn't have said choice because choose and choice are pretty close together. I realize that now. <laughs> All right. Okay. Choice. All right. And many. All right. Back. Back to Mackenzie. Here we go. Another clue for you. Turn. 
That was bad. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. It might help you. Uh, action menu? No, no, no. All right. All right. Run you again, Will. Oh, boy. This might be, this might go back and forth a few times. <laughs> uh, let's, I, I'm going to say, hmm. It's it's very the words I want to say I can't say it's very difficult. Uh, oh, you know what? Here here's here's a word for you. Mechanic. That is definitely a word. Um, modular. No, no, no. Mackenzie, here's here's another. Clue. Here's oh, another geez, clue. okay. <laughs> Your clue is going to be. First. So let's let's recap all the clues here. You've got mechanic, first, turn, choice, and many. Uh, is this like start of round, maybe? No, no, it's not start of round. It's not start of round. I don't want to just use synonyms because I feel like that's going to be cheap. Um, I'm trying to give you guys. How many Ooh. do we get until we just lose this one? <laughs> you know what? Maybe, maybe, yeah. You know what? Maybe I should just, yeah. Maybe this is, I think I lose a point. I think <laughs> you both get a point and I don't get one. <laughs> I'll just, we'll go to the next one. I'll just tell you this one was, and I don't know if you, I don't know if you'll have better ideas for clues. Uh, this one was worker placements. Oh my god! I was expecting like pawn, or I was like, it can't be worker placement because he didn't say yep. like pawn mm-hmm. or mm, pawn. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I didn't think of that because I just was like, well, I can't say worker, <laughs> so I didn't try to go for another another way to bring it. Maybe I could have said space or something like that. Uh, that mm. wouldn't have helped you either. Oh well, uh, we we'll, we'll try again with the next one. I told you they would get more complicated. All right. Well, this this one starts with you. Your first clue is campaign. And it starts with the letter U. Hmm. I don't know what the joke is there. You, you said it starts with you. Okay. All right. Now I get it. Uh, camp. I was hoping campaign was the word. <laughs> you can make that guess if you want. I don't- Legacy? Yep, it's legacy. You got nice. it. Nice, <laughs> right off the bat. Way to go! Yeah. All right, Mackenzie. Here's here's yours. Oh, here's let's your, do it. Your clue is royalty. King making. Yep, you got Yo, it. Yo, nice. Hey, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> all right okay see now now we got something going now we got something first going. tries we're on a roll will <laughs> good clues jonathan thank thank you thank you for giving me the credit okay you've set the bar now jonathan everything yeah, you gotta be we gotta be all first clues now <laughs> all right that's i don't think it's gonna happen on this one uh will your clue is fantasy um I hate this because I'm like, that's probably in the glossary. It's just fantasy. This is so many things. Good luck, Will. <laughs> uh, I'm starting broad, I admit. 
God. Um, RPG? Nope, not RPG. All right. Uh, my clue for you, Mackenzie, will be campaign. That's right. I used the same clue for a different word. Fantasy campaign. I'm going to go with dungeon crawler. You got it. Yes. It. <sighs> dungeon crawl, but yes, pretty much the same. Thing. Huzzah. <laughs> All right. Okay. This, this means, uh, yes. Okay. One more. We have one more. Uh, this, this could end up being a tie. I don't know. We'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll all go home happy in that case. <laughs> uh, this one's starting with you, Mackenzie. Oh, I have to go first. Okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so first clue for this one. Jerk. <laughs> Take that. No. 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 Good, good guess. No. Good guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, for Will, I'm going to say... Your clue will be pedantic. Um, Pull out the dictionary. I'm not sure if this your clue works for what I have in mind. Uh, Oh wait, rules lawyer. Yeah, it's rules. Well done. I was gonna go with hidden traitor, which means since I only had the the six prepared, because you know it takes a lot of preparation to find these terms, it's a tie, and that's the end of our game. And you you know, yeah, feel good about it. I think we should. We got to follow suit. I don't know if you've seen this on Twitter. I saw it because Elizabeth Hargrave actually tweeted about it. The there's like the high jump males Olympics. They like they tie for gold and like, you can do a tiebreaker. And the guy's like, can we just both have gold? And they're like, uh, sure. If you want. And that's what they did. That was so <laughs> cool. like, no, <laughs> yeah, we should just have, we, we, we shouldn't have, you know, so many board games have like, if there's a tie, here's now a list you have to go through till someone loses. <laughs> yeah. I'm with you. Let's all just be friends. We're all having a good time here. <laughs> we all enjoyed this great password board game edition game. Uh, y- you guys aced it. That's the end of our show, but Mackenzie, you, you, you helped out so much. You did a lot. And in doing so, you earned enough experience points, my friend. I know, you, I know you're not a role-playing guy, but you earned those points. And what you get to use them on is to plug your show and oh let everyone gosh. listening know where they can find you on the internet. Nice. I'll cash them in now. So <laughs> you can find me on YouTube at Side Game LLC. Um, we are also on Instagram at Side Game Co., uh, for Colorado. And then we're also on Facebook, Side Game LLC. So we're all around. We produce content daily, or at least I try to. I've had a pretty good consistent schedule uh, for going strong for a while now. But please give us a check out. We also have a Patreon if you want to come take a look there. We do some behind the scenes videos on kind of like our organization styles, as well as some minor playthroughs. So if you are interested in any of that, we'd love to have you. Yeah, help us grow. We'd really appreciate it. So thank you again, Jonathan Will, for having me. This has been a blast. Yes, always, always fun talking to you. You are, you're professional, you're articulate, you sound good. <laughs> <It's> a, <laughs> you, you, you helped us out in a big way uh, by being on the show this week. So thank you for that. And, and go check out Side Game. Uh, we will put links to all that stuff in the show notes, of course. And hey, if you want more Roll for Crit, then you can go to rollforcrit.com to find our content, YouTube shows, live streams, merch. We got merch up there. You want to buy a Roll for Crit shirt or whatnot. <laughs> and uh, we've got our Patreon where we'll give you an extra bonus podcast episode every week. 
if you want to hear more of our stuff uh or if you just want to help us out by uh rating and reviewing us on itunes that's cool too all that stuff is very very much appreciated by us uh but always great yeah that's gonna be it yeah i think so Mm -hmm. i think we're all good i think unfortunately it is time for this podcast to come to its end even though we could continue on forever (laughs) yeah we we could but we're we're not going to uh thanks for listening my name is jonathan i'm will and this has been roll for crit thanks everybody bye see ya Thank you.